Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour podcast with Corky and B-Rush, the show. Well, we've changed things. We've compressed three hours of content into two hours, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. However, we're not skimping on the conversations. No, the very thing that made this podcast so popular is the thing that we're continuing. So, for the next 15 minutes or so, enjoy the latest podcast on the Rush Hour Morning Show with Corky and B-Rush. Ladies and gentlemen, I want winners. I want people that want to win. Go ahead. What's up, man? From Belmont, North Carolina, at a combined weight of 526 pounds. You play to win the game. Your tag team champions of the world, Brian Rushing. But they are who we thought they were. Corky Franks. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. The Rush Hour Morning Show. It's it's unbelievable. You know, that's why sometimes I call you guys commies. That's why. And we welcome you back to Hour 2 on the Rush Hour Morning Show. AM 1450, 101.1 FM, WGNC, Gastonia, Charlotte, WGNCRadio.com. What about that, Brian? Okay, that was <clears throat> that was relatively painless. I thought I had uh, I thought I had some, or thought we had some Jack Lalane stuff here in the studio. We don't have some Joe Weeder. Right, Joe Weeder. Yeah, dial a body. And and that's the thing about it. You're really more of a Joe Weeder guy, in my view. Yeah. Than a Jack Lalane guy. Like to me. Jack LaLanne is going to tell you 17 different recipes with celery so that you can make some sort of fruit juice concoction of some sort, and then he's going to go walk 67 miles somewhere. Look at this. Look at this history right here. All these Joe Weider uh, uh, training packages from back in the day. Yeah. See, that? that's more like you. That's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, I didn't realize this. <clears throat> High-calorie meals. Huh. Lamb stew. 400 calories. You ever ate lamb stew? <laughs> Can't say that I have. What is this thing from? Oh, 1957. Wow. I just picked them up somewhere. I never even looked at them. Anyway, Jack LaLanne. Jack LaLanne was 96 years old, and Joe Weider was 93. So, Brian, there has to be something to it. Has to be, right? Eat healthy and exercise. Has right, to be something to it. There you go. What, what do you think? Prayer probably helps, too. Yeah. You said I had my books out yesterday. Yeah, you did. <laughs> See, we're trying to get dialed in, baby. Trying try to get, get back on track. Okay. So. Since I'm cursing people and things like well, that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said yeah. that because I want to go two directions because I want to talk about, okay, I want to talk about Saturday's basketball game down at Rock Hill. Okay. Between Winthrop and High Point. Go ahead. But I also want to talk about the curse. So I, I would like for you to decide what direction we go with here. Talk, talk about the game in Winthrop first. An absolute war. I it, it had been a while since I had been to a basketball game that was that was this good. I mean, and, and I got to see three overtimes between Radford and Winthrop, and it was a long game. But it was not what High Point Winthrop was on Saturday. 
Dane Winthrop had them by 12 at the half. Had them by 12 <clears> at the half, up by 17 at one point in the ball game. Look, there was a point in time in this game, and I want to say it was somewhere around 11 minutes left, that I really thought that Winthrop had outlasted High Point, and it just wasn't going to be High Point's day. High Point came into Saturday's game against Winthrop, undefeated in the league, 17-4. and four. And there was a time with about 11 minutes left, you know, sometimes it just ain't your day. And I really thought that's the way it was for High Point. I thought that Winthrop was going to win this basketball game. And then all of a sudden, Kezajifa got a couple buckets. You had a three-pointer from Trey Benham. You had Kimani Hamilton drive to the basket, get a little bit of work done. You had... Jocelyn Bodo Bodo start defending around the basket, the seven-foot freshman at High Point University. And then all of a sudden, with about, I want to say about five minutes left in the game, High Point took their first lead. Like Winthrop jumped all over High Point in this ballgame. This thing was an absolute battle that Keza Jiffa ultimately wins with .5 seconds to go as... High Point beats Winthrop 83-81. to It's the best basketball game I had been to in quite some time. Was the place packed? <clears throat> Good crowd. Yeah. Good crowd. Um, however, in just a couple of observations that I had, Winthrop just couldn't get it done again late against a very good Big South Conference team. Now, I'm going to say this. If you're going to lose two games at home, it stands to reason that those clubs are slightly better than you are. I think that there is a greater amount of separation between High Point and UNC Asheville than I think there is between UNC Asheville and, and Winthrop. And that's where Winthrop goes next, right? <clears throat> Go to UNC Asheville Saturday. Yes, Yes, they've They're got off all week. They've got they've got Wednesday off, which I am so grateful for because that means I get a got day Wednesday off, off. Uh, and I'm thrilled about that because it's been a grind lately. So to have another day off in the middle of the week is going to be huge for me. You sound like me. I took Thursday off workouts and Saturday. No workout. I took two days off, man. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't a break. I don't have a game tonight. Yeah. So I. I go to South Point on Tuesday. I don't have anything Wednesday. I've got Belmont Middle School on Thursday, and I've got South Point on Friday. So I've – this weekend or, or this week, I stay local entirely. I go down Saturday for Winthrop Women's Basketball on ESPN+. Plus. This is a relatively light week after weeks of really stringing some stuff together. So I'm excited to kind of – recalibrate a little bit here because we're diving into the transition season. February is going to be a monster. Um, but Brian went through, shot 55% from the field. They did. So they, they had to play really well. They did. That's, that's the thing about it. They couldn't stop high point. And it's not for, it's not for lack of effort. It, here's the thing. I mean, and, and this really did. I mean, this game, both sides thought they were just getting absolutely ripped a new one by the officiating crew. And, and knowing two of these guys personally that were officiating this game, one thing really crystallized for me watching this basketball game. Officiating college basketball now is increasingly hard. It really is. 
downright almost impossible. Because the, the Winthrop fans genuinely believe that the officiating changed the outcome. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say that the, the, the game was perfectly called. Of course, that's not reality. It never is. At any sport, at any individual game, it's just not. But even at the Big South level, these games are so increasingly hard because it's so fast now. The players are bigger than they've ever been. I can't imagine what it's like at a Power 5 school to where virtually everybody on the floor is 6'5 or bigger. I can't imagine what it's like in the NBA because the one thing that has not changed about the NBA or college basketball is the size of the floor. It's all 94 foot long, 50 foot wide. You can expand the three-point line, and I think, I think that's good. But the floor is still, the boundary is 94 by 50, and the bigger that these guys get and the faster that these guys get, it's going to become increasingly difficult for officials to be able to determine what, what plays allow a player to gain an advantage and why that should be called. And so in this day and time, I would not want to be a basketball official. Maybe at one point in my life previous, I would have loved to have been in that situation. I don't know that this is anything I'd want to carry right now because this was very, very difficult to call. Very difficult to call. All right. <clears throat> anyway, game was get great, right? It was, it was phenomenal. And, I mean, I, if, if this is what the Big South Conference is going to look like and the semis and the final – you're going to have to watch because it's going to be outstanding. It really is. All right. Well, let, let, let's switch gears for a second. Yeah, because there is something to talk about in switching gears. What, what, what's the slogan of the show? No rub. No rub. No dub. No dub. <laughs> okay, right? So we established that early, right? Very early. Don't come on the show. You curse your, you curse your program. Well, you... you, you <laughs> curse your, you, you, you missed an opportunity at the very least. Yeah. So... Uh, listen, there's a lot of notable curses in sports, right? The, right. The, the curse of the Bambino. So what's that about? Well, the curse of the, of the Bambino is the Boston Red Sox dealt away Babe Ruth yep. to the New York Yankees. Uh -huh. And from that point up until 2004, the Boston Red Sox had never won a World Series to the point to where back in 86 – Buckner has the ball go underneath uh -huh. his legs in game six. Game seven is pretty much Mets, Mets, Mets. They win the 86 World Championship, and Boston has basically, for the longest period of time, fallen into relative obscurity. I'm still amazed it's now 18 years since finally they broke the curse in 04 against the Cardinals. Okay, so, so basically that curse is over, right? <clears throat> so that curse has been it broken. It would stand to reason because since then they've won three World Championships. Okay, um, what about the, the Billy Goat curse? The Cubs, right? Right. It, does that thing still stand? It does not because they were able to win, I want to say, the 2016 World Championship. Uh -huh. um, let's see. They beat the Cleveland Indians in that. I want to say it was Royals in 2015 that won. And then in 2016, it was the Cubs that finally got past the Cleveland Indians at that time, now the Guardians. So that cur that curse should be done with. All right, so that should be done with, right? What 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 about the Madden curse? Be well, that, that's that's a relatively newer one because of the video game, right? And then you've got 
the Lee Corso curse on Saturday game day, that yeah. type of thing. I would hardly call the rush hour curse, first of all. I don't even really know that there's a such thing. But if there is, I don't know that I would necessarily put it on that level of prominence as Corso, Madden, the Black Cat, uh, the curse of the Bambino, all that kind of stuff. Um, so. All right, so, so we had a big guest on the show Friday, right? Yes, we did. Trent and Cheryl. Fantastic. Guy, guys been on fire. Uh, great podcast download numbers over the weekend. Uh, great show. Got a lot of positive feedback. However, I got a phone call Saturday morning. So we got to talk. I, I, Somebody waited till Saturday morning for you. Yeah, yeah, because they know I, I get to bed early. Nobody waited. <laughs> nobody waited on me. I got a call about, I don't know, maybe 8.30, something like that. Saturday morning said, we're not ever coming back on the show. <laughs> it's Trenton's dad. He called me. So we ain't coming back on the show. I said, what do you mean? What did I tell the kid? What did I tell him? I said, you can't go out and lay an egg tonight. You can't do that. <laughs> Didn't I? Yes. I said, after this, after coming on the show, right, <laughs> and us pumping you up and, and, and adding to your superstar status, you can't go out tonight and lay an egg. You got to go dominate. He says he's his, and he says, "Yeah, I think I'll hit ten threes in a row tonight." Since y'all said I uh, couldn't shoot from the outside <laughs> on a previous show, I said, "How about a triple yeah, double?" He, he added to the sauce. He certainly yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, he jumped in there with us, and uh, his dad said, uh, first play of the game, he gets a steal, goes down the floor, wide open, goes up for a dunk, misses it." <laughs> I think it's the next play later. He he steals another one at half court, wide open. Uh, wide open, going to the hole again, going to dunk it, missed it again. <laughs> Kitten missed two two dunk opportunities at home, by the way. They're at home. Right. Yeah. Right. They're playing in Mount Holly. Yeah, playing, <laughs> lost. They ended up losing Friday to a team they shouldn't have lost to, let's be honest, right? And uh, Highland Tech. And yeah. I've, I've actually had a chance to watch Highland Tech. The nerd Tech. herd. Right. No question. Yeah. And and the herd got it done on the road Friday night. Didn't um, you know, and that's this club. It's been a while since I've seen them. So it's very obvious to me that this is a Highland tech team that is starting to figure some stuff out. Now I'm going to get a chance to watch them a little bit later on in February and I'll get to see how they progress. This is a team that plays incredibly hard. And if you leave the door open for them, They'll stick around in these games, and, and, and they got one on Friday night. I mean, it really is. It's, it's stunning to me that this would go this way. In fact, you know, I was getting text messages to the effect of, hey, what did you guys do? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, it didn't go well Friday night. Now, the first group of texts I got, it just didn't go well. Yeah. And then the next group of texts that I got from someone else, they were like, they lost the game. I'm like, shut up, man. That didn't happen. He's like, no, they lost in overtime. Sent me a photo of the scoreboard at the end. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, South Ga I mean, East Gaston lost 61-54 to Highland Tech on Friday night. Well, but, but listen, let's be honest. East Gaston had a couple players out. They only, okay. I think they only have seven kids on the varsity roster anyway, something like that. Well, they run a very tight rotation. Yeah, very tight rotation. A couple kids out. Uh, Trenton did have 19 points. So, um, <laughs> somebody texted me. He didn't tell me he missed a dunk. Well, he didn't miss a dunk. He missed two dunks. That's what his dad said. <laughs> but anyway, hey, look, 
at the end of the day, Brian, when it's all said and done, nobody's going to re- nobody will remember that game on Friday. It was just funny. We had to talk about it today because we had the kid on the show. Uh, I think you, you got Coach uh, Rutledge coming on the show this week, right? Trying We're, to work on getting Coach David Rutledge on to yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, this this could be a really good week. Um, lots to cover because this week, Saturday, six thirty, another installment of the Duke Carolina rivalry. Yeah. And on Friday, I'm working on getting a couple of folks that know a little something about that Duke rivalry. They've been in the midst of it. We're going to try to get them on the show on Friday. Uh, and, and, and one last thing before we go to break. Um, I think I got I got a message that Haley Stewart still loves me. Okay? The AD at East Gaston. So, hey, we, we, we may be getting this thing back on track a little bit here. There you go. Yeah, what about that? There you go. Yeah. It's all going to work out after all. It's a win-win for everybody. Hey, number one in the hood. Yeah. But, hey, kid, don't miss any more dunks. Better go for the layup next time. <laughs> He's going to be fine. Kid's going to be fine. Yeah, I think. And East Gaston basketball is going to be just, I, they're going to be think, okay. I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, they're going to be all right. It's all going to work out. Just one game, boys. Just one game. Let's take a break. When we come back, Niner Brad's going to join us. We're going to talk a little high school hoops. We're going to talk a little college hoops. He's excited about the Charlotte 49ers. We're going to talk a little more about that. And we'll kind of dig in just a smidge to the Duke Carolina rivalry coming up this Saturday as the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils hook it up again at 6.30. We'll be back in just a bit on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Trying to sell your home can be challenging, but that does not mean it has to be hard. With the higher interest rates, you may see fewer showings, fewer offers, and more negotiations. This is where your agent really matters. Being Gaston County's realtor of choice for 37 years and a top agent at Allen Tate Realtors, John R. Bolin can assist you with your real estate needs, whether you're buying or selling your home. If you're seeking great service with one who is known for honesty and integrity, do not hesitate to call John R. Bolin at Allen Tate Realtors. That's 704-214-3088. 704-214-3088. John R. Bolin of Allen Tate Realtors. Belmont Body Work is here to keep your body moving, offering sports and deep tissue massage to those who are pushing their bodies to the limit, tailored massage to your body needs, and treatment plans designed to help you feel your best. Call 980-477-5424 to schedule your massage with Belmont Body Work. 980-477-5424. Keep your body moving with Belmont Body Work. 980-477-5424. Hi folks, this is Brian Rushing of the Rush Hour Morning Show. Have you heard the news? We're moving three hours of hyper-local sports talk and the best conversations to two hours, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. On the home of news, talk, and sports, AM 1450 and 101.1 FM, Gastonia, Charlotte, and streaming online at WGNCRadio.com. It's the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. I have a question for you. Do you remember this song? How sweet it is to be loved by you. 
Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs almost note by note they never set out to memorize? That's the power of a sticky. When you hear a song or maybe a good advertising message for some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets in your long-term memory, even when you don't intend it to. You remember because you heard it. That's why radio is a sticky advertising medium. You can't hear a newspaper billboard or Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound too, but advertising on TV week after week can be very expensive. With radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then someone in the market of what you have to sell, hopefully they will remember you if you want them to. Take advantage of radio, the power of sound. The 704 Sports Academy is a baseball and softball training facility committed to the total development of the athlete. Owner Weston Lawing invites you to learn from qualified instructors that focus on your ability to compete with freedom. Find Weston on Facebook, Instagram, and online at 704sportsacademy.com. The 704 Sports Academy, 704-734-7431. That's 704-734-7431. here on the Rush Hour Morning Show as we have got quite a bit to cover in this segment. It's now time to bring on Niner Brad, Brad Mulkey. So we're going to cover a little high school basketball, a little college basketball, and even going to dip our toe just a moment into the North Carolina Duke rivalry at the end of this segment. Brad, good morning. How's it going, brother? Good morning, guys. How are you? Things are good. So he didn't. So he didn't tell you about missing the dunk, huh? No, he didn't. I will make sure I uh, approach him pr- properly. That one, he did not tell me about that. Huh? W- I wonder why. Yeah. I, I wouldn't tell me anybody I missed one either. <laughs> well, we of course, just I didn't t- have. Ver- we just told everybody in the, in the county that's listening. <laughs> no, everybody knows. <laughs> he'll enjoy the hard time I give him. Huh? He, he's 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 good. About kind of stuff so he won't take it personally ah he'll be all right just a game yeah. baby it's just a game he's gonna be fine you know Brad, one of the it points is. one of the points that you brought up in, in discussing this and, and of course i've had an opportunity to watch this highland tech team early and earlier in the year and this is a club that had lost some games late so for them to be able to win a game in overtime against east gaston you mentioned it this is a club that on the 1a side of the southern piedmont conference they're atop the 1a side there and uh, I, I have not seen them play very much. I went by a Wednesday night on the way home from practice and caught just about a quarter, quarter and a half of it. And they like they play really fundamentally sound. The big kid in the middle was really impressive. Me, he's always in position. Uh, but I really, you know, I think they're going to make some noise in the one A uh, with being uh, with their fundamental sound being really. Uh, play, but I think they'll make some noise. But again, I, I don't know much about them. Uh, Nerd herds be a, an impressive uh, help to them if they get some home court advantage. Oh, there's no question about it. No question, question about it at all. Excuse me. Where do we start? Oh, my goodness, there's so much to talk about. Well, as you cough yourself here. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I tried to hit the <laughs> cough button in time. Um, <laughs> 
You know, well, I mean, there's some pieces to this Highland Tech club. I mean, when you look at it, Elijah Sherrill's one of these guys that can certainly get it done. Micah Hinton has got a hint of athletic, uh, athleticism about him. Yoel Moussier, this is a guy that's really starting to come on. This Highland Tech club, again, I'm not trying to make people think that this is a group of world beaters or anything like that. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that this is a club that's going to be able to do enough that as they continue to progress through this conference schedule, do they have another upset up their sleeve in the league? I don't know. But as long as they can continue to take care of business on the 1A side, you're right. This could be a club that finds themselves with a round of two playing home games inside the gymnasium there, and the nerd herd could very well be rocking. I think the biggest key to them is um, shoot the basketball well. That that seems to be the weakness, just from what I've heard. Um, if they shoot the basketball a little bit better, um, I believe that that's the, that's what will make their noise. Uh, that's their biggest is just shooting the basketball. Um, but all the other things fall into place really well with them. Right. Well, as we take a look at some of the scores from Friday night. Crest beat Forest View, 81 to 60. Ashbrook beat South Point, 78 to 64. Now, what that sets up is the Big South Conference. It looks like this: Crest, 8 0 in league play. Then you've got Ashbrook, 7 and 1. It could be argued Ashbrook could very easily be that undefeated team in the league. Some would argue that you know they they got to win against they got to win against Kings Mountain. The Crest game, they completely took them out of the game early. I don't know if Ashbrook's going to have that happen to them in the return match that's going to be soon coming. I'd be very inter interested to see what Coach Dellinger's club is going to be able to do against Crest on the road. Is there a situation to Coach Levine to where he's pretty much got this league on lock. I don't know. There's still a lot of basketball to be played, but Crest right now is playing the most resounding measure of play throughout the league in the Big South. Would love to get your thoughts. I, I totally agree with you, and I think Tuesday matchup versus, versus Huss would be an um, exciting one. Uh, I think Huss has finally got over that crescendo at the mountain and kind of figured out their identity. Um, they're really starting to pass the ball well. Um, they're finding their way on offense into the middle of the paint. Um, Coach Phillips has really talked to them a lot about getting to the nail and then working that out. And also their fast breaks has really um, evolved as they've um, worked on their defense. They I took a couple notes for you. They have five players in 2.5 steals with uh, Z averaging four, and that's a lot of turnovers, and they get a lot of uh, – extra easy baskets, and that makes the game a lot easier than when someone packs the zone in and you're trying to find a hole in that zone. Um, their well-roundedness will be a key. Uh, we've got four players averaging 10 points a game, four players averaging five-plus rebounds, four players averaging three-plus assists. They really have um, embraced the team basketball. Whoever's doing what needs, they've taken their roles, and whoever needs to do what needs to be done is being done. So the crest matchup will be huge. Uh, you know, do I want them to win this personally? Um, but Crest is now head over heels, I believe, the top dog in the big Well, and in the league, you've got Ashbrook at 7-1, and one, just behind them, Huss and Kings Mountain at 5-3. and three. 
And then you've got South Point sitting there at four and four. You know, South Point has got some winnable games this week. They're going to host Forest View on Tuesday. Then they're going to welcome Stuart Kramer in on Friday. It's an opportunity for them to, depending upon what happens with Huss, because it's pretty obvious Huss's week's going to be a little more difficult. There is a possibility that South Point could leapfrog back over Huss. But the reality is, is that depending upon what Kings Mountain does the rest of the way in this league is really going to make the long-term determination for anybody else getting in the mix of this big three. Kings Mountain seems, just on talent alone, to be in the mix for that top three in this conference. Ashbrook and Crest seem to be basically racing toward a final matchup against each other to see who is going to have the leg up in coming away with this league race. But the one thing that intrigues me about all this is what what is going to become of South Point? Four and four in league play, obviously with a chance. They should be six and four after this week going into February. From your standpoint, with South Point, what is it that they're going to have to do to really crescendo themselves to the end of the year and work on getting themselves into the playoffs and making some noise in that 3A playoff? Well, first of all, you said they have winnable games. Those are the games you have to win. You have to win those winnable games. And I, I can see, uh, I've seen Forrest Stuart Kramer play. They can upset somebody. Um, I really do believe that. Uh, if they are, they are hitting the three-pointer, as we say, if the three-pointer is going down, it, it makes the game a lot easier. But I can see them upsetting somebody. So you have to take care of business with the teams you are supposed to beat. This conference reminds me of the, then I'm, I'm going to show my, back when uh, the Big South was, I guess, the Southwestern 3A baseball in the 90s. We we were a pretty good team, and the that went to the state finals and baseball in 98 did not even win the conference. You had four or five teams that really um, excelled, and, you know, with the playoffs being expanded now, that shouldn't be a problem, but they're, they're legit five teams that can really make some noise in the playoffs if they get on a hot streak. Um, we, we've, we've named them Crest, Kings Mountain, Ashbrook, South Point. That's five really, really good teams that I've seen at some point this year play extremely good basketball. Now, will it gel at the right time? That could be said. Okay. On the girls' side, you've got Stuart Kramer there, 8-0, South Point 7-1. So that matchup on Friday – could go a long way in determining what's going to happen the rest of the way. Obviously, when you think Stuart Kramer, you think Oshana Holland had 49 points last week. She's really going to be the driver of that team, there's no doubt. Let's go ahead and, and move, though, from high school basketball to college basketball. And we'll give you an opportunity. I'm curious, um, that batch of Kool-Aid that you made this weekend, did you dive into any of it after Charlotte winning on the road against Tulane? I showed you. I picked it up. I, I, I had picked the Kool-Aid up. I still have not drank. Um, so, you know, I'm still a little nervous about them. Um, but let me also answer your South Point question. What do they need to do? I think everybody in this league who shoots the basketball best, from what I've seen, will make that jump to, to – um, or scores the easiest. Whoever has the best, easiest way to score will 
standout head of wheels. Um, that's my opinion on that from what I've seen. Uh, but Charlotte basketball, seven one. Um, again, they jumped out to a lead. Tulane, uh, this was one of the games that I said, you know, that they matched up well because they don't guard quite as well and they get up and down the court. They were leading the conference in scoring, but they outscored them 75 to 71. Uh, Militus had 22 and 13. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was 13-7 with two blocks. And Lukai Patterson continues to do what he does at the late game. He hits big shots, makes correct plays. I think he four free throws at the end. Um, I was a little nervous. There was as, as it happens. It always happens one, once or twice a game. And I guess I'm since I am a fan, it seems more like, you know, all teams go through a struggle through a, a, um, a game at some point trying to score the basketball. Being a fan, it just – and that's – their main weakness it always just it's a glaring weakness for me but Tulane had three straight possessions where they got three points um they had a three-pointer um and then scored another one and then another three-point play and Charlotte went over had a two and over so that that turn right got the game to within uh I think they had 225 left and it was only like a three-point game um so that that had me worried but I mean what do you say I mean you I can't keep saying they're not. They're this good. They they are. They're seven and one. Um, the proof's in the pudding now. They're 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 winning games that they're supposed to, and they're games that, you know, some people were doubting. They're they're there now. Now it's just time to finish it off. This is a Charlotte club that is off until February the third when they host East Carolina inside Halton Arena. Now that is Correct. a game that, in looking at the American Athletic Conference. ECU is sitting right in the dead middle. They're four and four in the league. Um, however, when I look at this league, you know, when we talked about this team earlier, the Charlotte 49ers, we were looking at the possibility of Memphis, SMU, possibly Charlotte, possibly Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic has and one. SMU lost. Right. SMU lost. Yeah. Memphis lost over the weekend. Those teams are at four and three. They are just ahead of East Carolina in the top half of the conference. But when you look at the likes of North Texas, UAB, they're at five and two. You've got a matchup coming up on February the 6th against South Florida. Amir Abdurrahim and his club in his first year down in Tampa really doing some solid work. This South Florida program has done an immediate turnaround. Six and one, 13 and five overall. They're 10 and two at home. They've won five straight. They're right in the upper echelon of this league because of that win streak, second only to Florida Atlantic's winning six straight and the Charlotte 49ers winning seven straight. It's a real possibility that if Memphis and SMU don't figure some things out, they could find themselves on the outside looking in of the bubble, and it could be replaced with a Florida Atlantic, a Charlotte 49ers, and a South Florida club. And if Amir Abdur Rahim is somehow able to take a Kennesaw State club one year, winning the Atlantic Sun, and then followed up the next year with South Florida getting in from the American Athletic, it really will speak to Amir Abdur Rahim's ability to coach a basketball team. And it'll also speak to the fact that Amir Abdul Rahim is this close to getting a Power Five job somewhere very, very soon. Yes, two more years, and he, uh, 
that with that kind of results, he will be gone. Um, we spoke to the um, effect of, you know, what schedule is coming up for Charlotte. And you, like we said, we've got the alumni coming up on Saturday. Um, I've heard that expecting over six or 7,000. Um, that would be just unbelievable for the Charlotte fan base and for the Charlotte community. Um, but they have to win this game at home, East Carolina, in town, in in-state rival. Um, but what Charlotte, I really believe, needs, they need Florida Atlantic to continue to win. They need SMU and the teams that they have beat at the upper um, echelon of the conference. They need them to continue to win so their RPI and the strength of schedule will look better. Um, Temple, they're, you know, they're at the bottom, but I watched about five or ten minutes of their game, and, they, you know, they're, they're tough and gritty, gritty, and they're coming up on the schedule as well. So, you know, you don't want to lay a goose egg and lose to a team like that. Um, it, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm head over heels. I'm, ex, I'm excited. I'm, I'd like to see what's going to happen, but they have to win these two next two games coming up, and we'll, that'll put them at 9-1 and one and, you know, chips will fall. That's, that's, that, that's that February 14th date that I talk about, and we'll see where it happens from there. Tuesday, February 6th, that'll be the South Florida matchup down in Tampa. Right. And that's going to be a right. 9 o'clock matchup. So, real quick, we've got about another minute uh, before we go long. North Carolina Duke, from your perspective, we're going to talk more about this on Friday because this game is going to happen Saturday night. Some of your Im initial thoughts about the rivalry in general and what we're going to see potentially coming up this Saturday night. Well, this is what basketball is all all about, especially college basketball, the, the inner rivalries. Um, I, I try to stay as detached as I can because I'm not a crazy fanatic with the fan bases, but it's, it's, it's almost fun to listen to each fan base talk about each other. I know, no, 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 most of it's in jest, but it is just, it's just one of those things where you just, you, you got to have a dog in the fight and I don't, but, uh, I'm anxious to see if Duke will be able to stop. R.J. Davis is an All-American right now. That is this. That's just the bottom line. No question. Um, no question. I, there's, there, I, I hate to say addition, um, addition by subtraction, but with Caleb Love leaving, the chemistry just seems better. Uh, the couple transfers come in. They, um, and I'm going to throw a, a little tease. Someone will maybe talk to you on Friday about how they don't just pound the basketball this year. They look to – move the ball, ball around a little better. Um, and he appreciates that side of the basketball game. Uh, so just the rivalries, the stories I've heard from people that have been in the rivalry and just outside the rivalry. It's, it's just one of those things you just can't do without. I don't know. I, I like Michigan football, but I'm not up there. So I'm sure that rivalry is pretty heated, but there is nothing like a Duke North Carolina rivalry being a couple miles down the road. No question about it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be diving more and more into this game on Saturday night because both clubs in the top 15 nationally, both clubs t uh, touting individual players that have had phenomenal years already. And we're going to get the perspective from both the Duke and the Carolina side. And I'm hoping to see, you know, seal all this up sometime in the midweek as we're going to try to have perspectives from both sides of these of this rivalry on Friday morning's show. So, Nina Brad, thank you for spending a little time with me. Be safe on the roads. We'll catch up with you later on, brother. Thank you, guys. A quick shout-out to the Husk guys. I've, I've learned a lot about them. They, um, I've learned that they have had a three-point 
seventeen GPA average, uh, which is outstanding. And they've also helped at a local church service doing the actual service. So getting them involved in the community as these high school kids learn about that it's not all about basketball, it's about giving back. Those guys are doing a great job over there as well as our other high schools. Yo, you guys have a great one. Take it easy. We'll catch you later on. Thank Folks, you. we'll be back in just a bit with the final segment here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. Gastonia homeowners, it's time for a fresh start. Are you tired of getting lost on a sea of products? Do you long for expert advice and personalized service? It's time to break up with your big box store and upgrade to home outlet. Now open at 1495 East Franklin Boulevard. Say goodbye to limited choices at high prices. Say hello to the largest selection of in-stock kitchens, baths, floors, and more, all at a guaranteed low price. Visit store manager Chris and his experienced team at your 100% employee-owned home outlet today or shop online at homeoutlet.com. Where can you find hyperlocal sports talk in Gaston County? Where can you find the best conversation with the movers and shakers of local sports talk? That's right. You find it right here on the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the home of News Talk and Sports. WGNC AM 1450 and 101.1 FM, Gastonia, Charlotte, and streaming online, WGNCRadio.com. It's the Rush Hour Morning Show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Rebels Contracting Services has specialized in the healthcare imaging industry since 1986. Located in Gastonia, Rebels Contracting is now hiring. Rebels offers competitive pay, vacation and holiday pay, 401k and insurance. If you'd like to join the Rebels Contracting team, check us out online at rebelscontracting.com or call 704-864-2000. That's 704-864-2000. 704-864-2000. Since the beginning of 2023, the Rush Hour Morning Show has become your go-to for hyper-local sports talk. Whether you listen for scores and analysis, compelling conversations, or that bit of fun in the morning, the Rush Hour Morning Show has grown a sizable audience in Gaston County and surrounding areas. Our podcast numbers reflect a robust listenership. This listenership is made up of people searching for your products and services. We would love to tell your company's story. Email us at rushhourwgnc at gmail.com or call 704-689-3820 to find out how your business can tell its story affordably on our Rush Hour Morning Show. That number again, 704-689-3820 or email us rushhourwgnc at gmail.com. The Rush Hour Morning Show, your source for hyper-local sports talk and hyper-local advertising. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the NCHSAA and the North Carolina Athletic Directors Association.
back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Final segment on this Monday morning before we hand it over to the Glenn Beck Show at 9 o'clock. Clay and Buck at 12 noon. Sean Hannity at 3 here on the Rush Hour Morning Show. WGNC AM 1450 101.1 FM. Corky Franks, a big day of action. Middle school basketball today. Southwest going to travel to WC Friday in Dallas. Take on the Cavaliers. Stanley's going to face off against Cramerton at Cramerton. York Chester will go to Cherryville to take on Chavis. Belmont is going to go to Bessemer City to take on the Tigers. Holbrook has a bye today, but their game that was postponed last week against Southwest will be played Wednesday at Hunter Huss as they'll resume that game with, I believe, Holbrook up 9-8, to eight, five minutes remaining in the first period as they had some issues with the flooring there, from what I understand, um, at Southwest Middle School. Uh, Mount Holly and Greer will face off in a doubleheader tomorrow. Um, so the week going to be staggered a little bit in middle school action. Holbrook mentioned they've got the bye this week. They're actually having a fundraiser. So if you're in to barbecue, and if you live in this part of the world, you most likely are, Hillbillies Barbecue is having a Holbrook support night from 11 o'clock on the rest of the day today. If you're wanting some more details, you can certainly reach out to Holbrook Middle School or to Hillbillies to find out more about that. If you're dining in or taking out, all you've got to do is let let them know that you're supporting Holbrook Middle School and take the flyer to them, you do that, you're going to be able to do your part in supporting the Holbrook Lions. When is that? Today. Huh. We might need to go to Hillbillies for lunch. That's not the worst thing in the world to think of. Guess what I just discovered? What did you just discover? I was over working on some invoices. Where are you now? Yeah. Guy owes me 700 bucks I forgot about. <laughs> it's always good yeah. to find money. Yeah. I just found it, too. And this guy pays. Yeah, going to be a good week for the kid. There you go. Well, hit, hit my goal this week, Brian. Speaking of good weeks, okay, not only do we have everything going on in basketball, whether it's college, high school, middle school, baseball season cranks up in full gear at the D2 level. Belmont Abbey starts their season this weekend. They're on the road against Coker. They'll welcome Coker back on Saturday. They'll play a doubleheader at Abbey Yard. So this weekend, driving past Sims Park, the lights were on Saturday morning. Gaston College started their baseball season this past weekend. So we're truly getting into the crossover time of the year to where baseball and basketball are going to converge on each other here in the next few weeks. <coughs> so, we got that going on. You D1 you, baseball you, you starts you, you, in the middle of the year. Still comes through on your microphone. Yeah. I'm fully aware. Okay. Why don't you just hit them both then? Because I was hoping that you were going to start talking and that way kind of cover me a bit. Oh, okay. So, so, so now I know. Yeah. Okay, now I know. So <laughs> If I put my personal business down and, and help you run this radio show. Well, I'm just... <laughs> You know, pay a little more attention, right? If I'd have hit both buttons and you wanted to say something, you wouldn't have been able to say anything. You said baseball season started, and I looked up, didn't I? A little bit. 
mm-hmm. which uh, that that works for me also. Kind of, kind of piqued my interest there for a second. A little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. This is a Belmont Abbey team. Going to try to get Chris Anderson on the show in some way, shape, or form this week. The Belmont Abbey Crusaders last year went 41-18, and 18, went to a regional, had a great year. Um, but they're looking for bigger and better this year also. How far did Lander go last year? You remember off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I do not. I mean, it's a shame that both those teams can't go every year, isn't it? Well, it is. And, I mean, last year, I mean, if you'll recall. You remember all the all the talent last year in right. D2 baseball around well, here? And Conference Carolinas. Yeah. I mean, North Greenville, the number one team in the nation, went into the Conference Carolinas tournament and went two and out. Went two and out. If if you were expecting to see North Greenville the fi- in the weekend portion of the Conference Carolinas tournament at Caremont Health Park, you missed them. Instead, you saw UNC Pembroke and Francis Marion, which, oh, by the way, they're going to be pretty good this year too. Belmont Abbey picked to finish fourth Where did in you the see conference. That? Where did you see that? I saw that over the weekend. Okay. I got an email. I want to go ahead and let's see if I can get to some of the news related to Belmont Abbey College because I definitely wanted to bring this up. Speaking of emails, how about listeners emailing the show asking – what, when are we going to put a certain day show out? <laughs> because How about they, that? Because they missed it live, right? Right. That's that's starting to happen. Yeah. So this story just came out um, last week, late last week. Belmont Abbey selected fourth in the Conference Carolinas preseason poll. Here's what it looks like, as you might imagine. North Greenville is picked to finish at the top. Obviously. North Greenville, a juggernaut. At the D2 level, they got 10 out of the 12 first place votes in Conference Carolinas. UNC Pembroke, they got another first place vote. They finished second. Mount Olive finished tied with them, did not get a first place vote, but finished tied with them at 102 points. Belmont Abbey, a little bit farther back, tied with Young Harris. Correction, that's not true. They got 93 points. Young Harris at 83 points. Barton. Picked to finish sixth, but they got the other first place vote. Now, in reading the tea leaves there, I can pretty much tell you what happened. Voted for yourself? You can't vote for yourself. So probably what happened was North, North Greenville, Greenville voted for Barton. Yeah. That's that's basically so it wouldn't have already play in. already playing mind games. No question about it. That's absolutely what happened. And then the rest of the conference, you've got Francis Marion behind Barton, which is a bit of a surprise. Erskine, Emmanuel King, Southern Wesleyan, and Chuan picked to finish last. Um, Belmont Abbey, Garrett Browder, uh, he was first team all-conference in 2023. Um, I think he is a player to watch in the league, obviously. Connor Powell is going to be a player to watch, and then Connor Tucker, a player to watch for Belmont Abbey this year. And you'll get a chance to see them at Abbey Yard this coming Saturday. Brian, you, you, you look down that list to watch, you know, players to watch in the Conference Carolinas baseball this year. So much talent. And it's not, it's not one guy per team. It's, you know, they're three and four guys for a lot of teams. For a lot of teams. That, that just goes to show how much talent and how much competition there is in this league. Right. And, I mean, as, as far as that goes, I mean, let's be honest. North Greenville, I mean, you could pretty much have an all-conference team 
just by their starting lineup. They're they're that good. And when, when does the Abbey play? This weekend? They're going to play this weekend on the road at Coker on Friday. Then they'll play a doubleheader against the Cobras at Abbey Yard starting at noon on Saturday. They get Coach Anderson back in studio. Well, that's that's the plan is to get him back on the show. Gaston but, College this weekend, they played at Sims Park beating I, Guilford Tech. They swept them 13 to 1, 10 to 2, 16 to nothing. That was Saturday, right? That was Saturday. And Sunday. I came back from my quick mountain trip, um, and I remember I remember seeing the, the buses up there, and I'm like, golly, these guys are playing already. Yeah, the lights were on as early as 10 a.m. Yeah. When, when I rolled through. So, huh. Yep. You doing those games this year, some of them? That's not the plan. Really? That's not the plan. Uh, we've not been able to work it out. Huh. So just one of those things. Maybe there'll be a call later, but uh, my schedule is going to be pretty full, making a lot of stops in the Big South Conference this year. I mean, a lot of stops in the Big South Conference. Hey, speaking of North Greenville, that's where uh, Mitchell Painter, head trainer of the 704 Sports Academy, that's where he went to school. It's absolutely where baseball. he went to school. In fact, so I, there? I got to see him, got to call some of those games it's part of the Belmont Abbey Sports Network back in the day. Yeah. Now so. he's over there teaching kids, investing in kids. How about, like, that? How about that plug? Just like that, the Monday show is over. Yes. And that plug, now that we've got them on board, yes. and we've got others coming on board. Speaking of plugs, i got a couple checks I need to give you for, for uh, a few sponsors. Fantastic. Yeah. We can certainly talk about that. We'll talk about That's that. That's what you like, getting to the part with the check, right, where somebody writes the check. I tell you what, I always like writing copy for commercials because I know that means a check is either here in my hand or coming very soon. So you'll get a chance to hear all that as we dive into February. February is going to be a fun month, but we're not quite done with January yet. We've got quite a bit to cover, and we'll try to do all that for you as we continue on in the Rush Hour Morning Show. Cold. Cold? Yeah. Don't worry. It's going to warm up a little bit today. Be about 56 outside, sunny. I need some snuggling time. You'll snuggle with me? I'm going to pass. <laughs> okay. Well, I might have somebody lined up, Brian. Well, <laughs> I might have it taken care I, of. I, I, I'm hoping that you do. <laughs> it, look, I, I'm, I'm not against your snuggling. Okay. What okay. About, what's the difference between snuggling and cuddling? I don't know. And spooning. See, uh, I, I want no part of that. That sounds like a reference that I need to stay we away from. We might need from. to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Cuddling, and, and I'm snuggling, all, or spooning. And I'm all about you doing all three if that's what you want. Uh-huh. I just probably don't need to be a direct party to your cuddling or snuggling. What about making out? No, nope, I definitely am not. That's a... <laughs> so. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Seven to nine tomorrow. We'll Sound be right like back at it. <laughs> On the Rush Hour Not Morning for me. Show. We're going to make out. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget, folks, we jam three hours of content into two hours every single day, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. On the Rush Hour Morning Show, WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM, streaming online at WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you again for the next Rush Hour Morning Show podcast, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.